Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. Open your Bibles, if you could, to two places we're going to go to, Philippians, and then we're going to jump over into Matthew for a few minutes. This has been an extraordinary week. Um, uh, Before I get into that, I realize I need to make an announcement here that we have volunteer appreciation January 22nd. Those of you who volunteer with us, help us in any capacity. We're going to have a great time together. It's on the 22nd. Check it out on BethelCleveland.com. And by the way, if you haven't gone to our new website yet, as Cindy mentioned, go to it. Even when I'm speaking, if you can multitask, you can check it out. Very simple. It's much simple, much easier. I'm very excited about it. You're gonna be, we're going to be able to have closer connections through uh, 2021 than I think we've ever had before. So check that out uh, on the website, BethelCleveland.com. Uh, you remember last week I mentioned this. I just want to touch on it. About two weeks ago, this is what I mentioned last week. About two weeks ago, I woke up in the morning really early, like 3.30 or 4, somewhere around there, and I felt dread in my room. I mean, it was just, it was like a palpable, palpable, present, thick dread. I mean, like deep depression kind of a thing. I typically don't get that. But it was in the room. It was just there a short time, and then very quickly, massive hope came into the room. And I just like, I went from the basement to the attic in one second, you know, it was just, whoa, like it plucked me. Like it says in in, uh, Psalm 18, uh, where you were taken out of the depths and set upon a broad place. You know, that's, that's what I felt. And the Lord spoke to me as clear as a bell. And he said, in 2021, you're gonna have to live, learn to live with those worlds together battling against one another, the sense of dread. And so that's been on my mind. I mentioned it last Sunday. And then Wednesday morning, I got up and I wrote a little a brief blog on my Facebook page, if you read it, about that we are coming into an arrows and this day, Wednesday, will count for the next week, the next month, and the next year, so forth. That what we do and how we react on that day is very important. Of course, I had no idea what was about to happen on that day is, is various people charged the uh, Capitol building and went inside, did some damage, brought fear into people's lives, and about five people. One lady was, was shot. Several others had conditions that came out of that situation, either through injury or whatever, that passed away either that day or several days later. I mean, it's just a tragic moment. It was a tragic moment, brought a lot of fear. I I was conflicted about it. I was conflicted about it because I could feel the dread that was attached to it and yet also sewn into the very moment with the threads of hope. I do not understand that. I I don't know how to interpret that, but the Lord warned me ahead of time and so I was ready for it. And so as I was watching it on TV, as surreal as it was, I thought somehow this is a flashpoint. This is a moment where, where America is hanging in the balance. Remember, I've been using terms like hinge and narrows. I've definitely been talking, you know, narrows are that waterway that connect two large bodies of water and you have to slow down. There's a no wake zone. I did it in Florida a few years ago. I preached a whole message on it. That's why it sticks in my head because we saw alligators in the narrows. We didn't see them in the big, in the big lakes, but you come in the narrows, there's alligators 
on both sides. There's creatures there that you're not used to and you're going really slow, putt, 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 putt through these narrows waiting to get to the other side so you can open up. We are in the narrows right now. And the destiny of America, which boils down to the micro world of you and your family, are about to be affected in a major way in America. What happened Wednesday is not isolated. Lord told me some things several months ago. I've shared them with Cindy that I feel were gonna happen. I didn't feel like, I don't wanna share them publicly. I don't wanna stir fear up or anything like that. But, and I'm not gonna share it now, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this, that we will be tested through, America will be tested throughout this year in various ways with flash situations that are going to happen. And it's the, it's the supernatural battle of principalities and powers that are going on. This is not just a political scenario. I know we try to make it that because somehow it simplifies it in our minds. It's Republicans versus Democrats, Democrats versus Republicans. How many are in the House? How many are in the, you know, what we're experiencing right now is the eroding of something of culture in our nation that had multiple flashpoints last year. And it's interesting, the parable that played out this past week was because of anarchy that has prevailed for several years, really, in my mind, specifically since 2015, 2016, we saw when the RNC came to Cleveland, uh, which this is no reflection on the RNC or Democrats or Republicans or anything, but you remember how we girded up the city. I was down there. We were protesting for Jesus. <laughs> we, were, we had signs out, you know, we were holding them up. I mean, Antifa was there and Black Lives Matter and uh, oh, who's that group from the, the church? Uh, yeah, the Baptist church people that, Westboro, yeah, Westboro, they were there. They were the worst, by the way. I mean, they were, they were there. It was just the, the things they were saying were so vile. And uh, I mean, there was hate speech everywhere uh, going on. And in this, I tell you, I felt a surge of faith and hope like I had not felt for years. It was such an energizing moment, you know, and I realized the power of spiritual energy when it touches your heart, that it energizes you to do things that you are not capable of otherwise. Like on a Monday morning, you wouldn't do that. You know, maybe after your coffee, you might, you know, but I mean, there's something that comes upon you that says, this is a, this is a time in history. And so we were down there every day. We were down there every day, just walking around, interceding, praying. So were Joel, Joel Reichland raised up, I believe, 400 people that were in the streets, walking around from various churches. I think it was maybe 100 churches, a lot of them, walking around in various ways, ministering to people and so forth. It was an amazing time, but we felt that that was an important time of shift going on. And I got to say, there was no real violence that came into Cleveland. And by the way, if you look at that year in 20, was that 2016? It had to be. Yes. In 2016, uh, in many cities, there was all kinds of violence. In fact, uh, it went from here over to, I believe, Philadelphia at the time, if I remember right. And there was great violence over there. And so I, I just say this, you know, in the world, you'd say, well, we dodged that bullet. No. We were lucky. In the kingdom, we say, we stood against this thing and prevailed in the spirit. I mean, there was high walls that you could not get over. There was barbed wire. There were, there were uh, militant uh, soldiers everywhere. There were policemen from 
all over the United States. We had, there were policemen from Hawaii and California, all over the place that converged upon the city because they were anticipating a massive blow up, you know. And so what's happened is, is that this war has begun. I'm sure it was, it was on way before that. But we felt the intensity of this spiritual war now for five years. And there's been flashpoints, even last summer, with all the riots and the burning of cities, I, I tell you, it is a parable where, where because of the, oh, the, the lack of strength going forth in the United States, that people were freely and willingly able to invade houses, invade businesses, and do whatever they wanted. Where those people came from, it kind of doesn't matter to me. It's from hell. It really is. And this is not just a fight against political parties. This is a much deeper issue that is going on in the spirit realm. And believers better wake up. I, if I remember right, during World War II, as, as uh, 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 Hitler was moving across uh, Europe, I'm just trying to think of my history here real quick, as they're expanding out of Germany, one of the first places they went to was Austria. I've been to Austria. Lovely country. But they handed over Austria in a day. I mean, they were just rolling across Europe because people had already been prepped and ideology in their hearts. It was great fear there against this huge German army that was rolling across the country that they just handed their countries over. You know, and I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I just know history, and who knows, you know, how history is told and everything. But the bottom line is, there was a there was a priming of a people in order for something great to roll out and rolled right across Europe, all the way to the western shores of France, and stood there, beginning to uh, uh, plague the UK, which was the last. Jim that needed to be taken, but God had raised up a very unorthodox, rude, bold. I could tell you a lot of stories about him. I went to the Winston Churchill Museum, and he, he was a he's a character. He said, never, 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 never give up. He roused a country to start against the most powerful force seen in Europe in, a long, in hundreds of years. But he roused them up, and the United States came and partnered with them. You know the story. And began to push back the powers of darkness, not just the powers of Nazism, which is dark in itself. We refute it at the very core. Any KKK stuff, I mean, I hope I'm not speaking hate speech here. This, any, anyone who, who sits on the edges that begin to excuse actions as some ideological understanding they have, but actually is hate being demonstrated in a, in a physical way on both sides of the spectrum or all around the spectrum, however you want to see it, is not the right thing. It really isn't. I mean, we, we despise hate <laughs> at any level towards any people. And by the way, it's being pointed at everyone right now. The mask is just a representation of what's been happening spiritually in America is there's a shutting of mouths. Don't speak until you know how to speak. So all that's going on right there, you, all this paints a picture that we are, we are in a battle right now. And if you don't realize that this is a very serious battle right now, it's the time for the church to come together, to gather together, and begin to worship the Lord. This 
This is how we fight our battles. <laughs> it may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> you understand that? I'm having to speak in a lot of code right now. But I'm telling you that there's, there's a war in the spirit that is on right now. And if you don't pray, you need to pray. And if you pray, you need to double it up. <laughs> you need to get into the Word of God. I've got Christians now coming to me about basic things out of the Word of God and say, well, I felt the Lord. tell." This is the problem with having a prophetic church, which we are. People start hearing voices. You're not supposed to hear voices. You're supposed to hear the voice. There's one voice. But people start hearing stuff. So I think I had my Cheerios this morning and I looked at it. And I saw something round there. <laughs> it was sweet and crunchy and it made me think of this. And I'm like, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure that was the Lord. I mean, I'm just telling you, especially when it goes contrary to what Scripture says. I mean, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what it says in Revelation. And so we are, we are a people, this is a year right now. You know, Jerry was saying, hey, if you want to go through, you know, a daily devotional or whatever, I, I mean, you need to do that. <laughs> this isn't some legalistic requirement. Thank God Jerry brought it up. This isn't just like legalism, like, oh, I got to get in the Word every day. No, it, the Bible says it is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. You will not make it through this year <laughs> without the Word of God. You need to get it inside of you. You say, oh, I've been going to church for 30 years. I know so many people that have been in the church 30 and 40 years and know nothing about the word of God. That's why they're smoking dope on weekends. That's why they're living with somebody that they're not married with. They've somehow, in their mind, I just feel the agreement of God that, that it's okay to do this. You know, I can just tell you it's really not. I mean, the Bible doesn't get it. I mean, the Bible is the grace of God. Uh, you need to read the Bible. Go into the epistles. I love when Wimber used to be confronted. John Wimber, head of the vineyard, used to be confronted by people saying, you know, uh, uh, you, oh, what did they say though? They used to say, uh, they said, you, you know, that's not in the word of God. And he says, you, have you been reading the word of God? You, you see, it's like, I can kind of do what I want to do, but you no, know, you can't. Actually, in Galatians Five, it lists nine fruit of the Spirit and 17 works of the flesh. We don't talk a lot about the works of the flesh part, but we love that fruit of the Spirit. Oh, love, joy, kindness, you know, self-control, all that. Well, yeah, right after that, keep reading. <laughs> and it says these are the works of the flesh. In a sense, we could call them the fruit of hell. You got the fruit of the Spirit and you got the fruit of hell. And it involves things like anger and, and, and bring contention and, and gossip. I'm just sharing a little stuff with somebody. I'm telling you, it's as hellish as murder. You are assassinating the souls of other people through our mouths. We do it. I've done it before and I've had to repent. I did it one time to a, to a minister. I just said something, you know, kind of casually. And man, the Holy Spirit said, oh, no, 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 no. And so he just made sure, you know how the Holy Spirit ever puts that thing kind of hanging on you for a while? And you're like, oh, what is that? That's the devil, man. I need to get, that's, that's, not a, that's condemnation. I'm not called into condemnation. It keeps hanging there and all of a sudden it's like, this is me. This is the Lord. 
You're the one aggravating my soul right now? Yeah. You need to get rid of that thing. That thing's going to become cancer. It's going to kill you. Okay, well, how do I get, uh, Lord, I, I, re I release that to you. No, 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 no. You need to go to them. What? Yeah, go to them and tell them what you've been feeling. I'm not going to do that. It's just not culturally acceptable to do that right now. I'm not going to go humble myself and admit that I was wrong and I said something was wrong. So I did. Because, you know, I, I didn't want that thing hanging around the rest of my life. So I, I did. I talked to the person. Of course, they were very forgetful. Oh, don't worry about it. No, I didn't think anything of it. You know, I said, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care whether you feel anything about it or not. I feel something about it. Would you please forgive me for what I did? And then they released you. You go, I'm not, I don't want to get into all that. That's legalism. I'm telling you, it is the life in Jesus. And if you don't start decluttering some of the things in our heart, we're in for a very difficult year. He's calling us to be, what does it say? Stronger together. We've got to start building. I'm going to talk about this, by the way, for about five weeks now, so you might as well get ready. How can we be stronger together? By helping one another grow stronger in Jesus Christ. It's the purpose of the church. We can probably not do things as well as Hollywood does. We can't do things even as well as very large churches might be able to do. There's a lot of things that we lack in, but there's one thing we need to be very strong in, that we follow hard after Jesus Christ, and we love our neighbors enough to take them with us on that journey. That's good. 30 people agree. Thank you. Appreciate that. Something interesting happened this week. Elon Musk, many of you know who he is. He's... Uh, he, he just shifted this week. He got a new notoriety. He's the, you know, he's uh, the wealthiest man in the world now. He, he passed up uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, so Elon Musk, you know, the guy sending the rockets up. Cindy and I watched one of his rockets blast off. I think it was in November or October uh, down in Florida, SpaceX, and, of course, Tesla, you know. And he said, he said he's been selling all of his houses. He's giving away almost everything that he has. Now, he's worth, hundred, I think, $188 billion. He's, he's, he's given it away. He said, I want to show people my passion for colonizing Mars. That is passion. That is passion. Do you know they say that he sleeps at the factory many nights? He's got a little bed there. He is so impassioned by this. And I know different people have different opinions around him. I'm not making him a spiritual person. I'm making this an amazing parable right now that a man who's the wealthiest man in the world is laying it all down in order to make sure that people understand, I want to colonize Mars. You talk about going outside the limits. He's going outside the planet. I mean, I, I can't get my head around even that understanding, you know. But I thought, what if Christians had a passion that was so deep that they wanted to colonize earth, what I call heavenize, <laughs> heavenize earth, my neighbors, my neighborhood, my city, bring the kingdom and the Lord Jesus Christ and his beautiful gospel into our neighborhoods. If you had a passion where you said, I would sell almost everything I had or I would sell everything I had to do that, to see that happen, what would happen? We would touch nations. I mean, we'd be stumbling over one another as we are colonizing 
And I'm not talking about some kind of weird things and religious hang-ups and all that stuff. I'm talking about bringing the kingdom of God and the king himself into your neighborhood. And God's called us to do this together throughout this year. This verse, first verse I'm gonna talk about, Philippians 2. Sorry, I always over-prepare here. I got like, I don't know, eight pages of notes and I'm not even out of the first chapter here, the first paragraph here, but... But uh, anyway, I was inspired by that. And, and then I was talking to uh, uh, Todd Roberts, our, our campus pastor in Akron. Todd always has some gems, you know, G-E-M, gems to share. He's a man of the word. He's a man of prayer. He's just a good guy. In fact, we joke about him all the time and say, Todd is God. You know, it's just a joke. But he is so, he's just a righteous man. I, I love him dearly, he and Nancy and our Church. So we we're talking this week, and he said, Steve, let me just tell you what the Lord spoke to me last week, Sunday night at the campus, six o'clock down in Akron. He said, He gave me the word constellation. I tell you, when he shared that word, I know, I know there's negative uh, attributes given to it, but literally, what a constellation means is a grouping of stars that creates a picture. That got in my head, and I could not get it out. And so I started Googling, and I'm looking up, and I came across this verse. I want you to look at it, Philippians 2. Philippians 2, verse 13 and 15. Cindy, if you could find me a, some water there, that would be great. Thank you. Philippians 2, 13 and 15. <clears throat> Talks about the energy of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and all this is geared toward our future. This is corporately. Who we are who we've been, and who, we, who we're becoming. We're moving forward in this. To build an army of people. I don't say that in the natural militant side, so don't pull out a sword and cut off someone's ear. We don't want to do that. There's a militant aspect to the church throughout Scripture. There's also a hospital, hospital component. There's a, there's a farmer component. There's a sowing of seed component. I mean, Jesus gives us all these different understandings of aspects of the kingdom. But part of it is we are a part of a military unit. Our citizenship is in another place in heaven, in the city of God. But we dwell in the city of man. And in the city of man, we bring thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, regardless of what our job is, our career, or anything else. Many of us have got caught up in money or caught up in position or expanding or growing and higher. There's, there's nothing wrong with ambition and desire to grow, but we always need to keep that in check. That is temporal, and I'm a being of the eternal realm. Yeah, we do that, and I'll make some money, and I'm gonna give it away, and maybe I can get a motorcycle or a boat or those things that you have on your bucket list or whatever. But let me tell you, most of the world does not have that option. <laughs> We have it in America, though. Sometimes it becomes a distraction and gets our eyes off the true purpose of what God's called us to do. And so in Philippians, we see Paul is in prison. He's in, a, in a, uh, uh, one, of, one of the worst situations, actually, uh, of the prison that he's in. And this is a prison epistle or a prison letter that he's writing. And in Philippians 2, verse 13 and 15, I wish I could read the whole chapter, but I don't have time really for that. It says this in verse 13. For it is God who works. By the way, that word is a word that we've become familiar with in the past few months. It's the word where we get our word energy. So, oh, for it is God who energizes. The same way of an electrical current going through a wire. 
it, a wire itself doesn't do much. It just connects things. But when electricity goes through, ooh, it turns things on. So it says, for it is God who works. So it's, this is speaking of God energy, not your energy. You may be low energy right now. I believe that America's under a, a low-level depression right now because of COVID and all the other things going on. You don't realize it. So you're more on the edge. You get angry quicker. You know, you get frustrated. I do too. I just feel that kind of in the background, you know. Don't have my mask. I still walk in places and go, oh, shoot. Got to go back and get my mask, you know, and I go back out. I've got some probably in every pocket of every pair of jeans I have, you know, because you just got to be ready, you know. And so here we are. It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Stand up for just a minute. Just stand up for a minute. You need exercise. Just repeat this after me. He works in me to will to act for his good pleasure. We're going to try that again. I want you to say it like you're military, all right? So you got to got to yell it out. I preached in a church in East Berlin once. Actually, it was in West Berlin. It just, the wall hadn't been down too, too long. But uh, it was a huge church. Uh, pre, uh, it was medieval church. And had quotes, scriptures all over the wall that were, that were Hitler's favorite verses. And he used to rally his troops in that church. And that night we were in a packed out building as the Holy Spirit came and touched and empowered. People were laying all over. I mean, I have never been to church where the Spirit of God was that strong and manifesting in this way in that I was in the front row because I was one of the speakers there and I looked across the front. The entire front row with eyes closed were, were being waved back like a wave was hitting them, being waved back in unison. Didn't even know they were not touching each other. And I watched as the Spirit of God was just kind of moving. I looked back. It was going two, three, four rows back. And people were just moving. And it was all attached to an old man playing a violin who was from East Berlin and had only been released for a few years where he was able to come with no walls being there. And he was, he was like, he must have been 80 years old. He was playing with all of his might. When he'd go to the highs, people would move back. When he'd go to the lows, they would move forward. And you could see this rhythm, rhythm of the Holy Spirit in a place where they were sending out people to destroy cities in that same place God raised up worship and it was a powerful time in Berlin, Germany. So you look at that and I look at that. That's the energy of the Holy Spirit that in, he works in me. He energizes me to will, which is the Greek word for desire. In other words, he wants to change your desires for this year through the energy of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, our desires need to be changed. So the desire of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Why? That you would act. By the way, that's the same word for energy. It's slightly different. So it's saying he's energizing you, that your desires will change, that you will be energized, and his good pleasure will be accomplished. And you know what that means in the Greek? It means this, that harmony between heaven and earth will happen in that moment. That the desires of God will overwhelm your desires. Your desires will be mixed into his and you won't even be able to know anymore what your desires are because your desires are whatever he desires for your life. Let's do it one more time. I'm calm down now. We can do it. 
Just repeat after me. He works in me to will, to act for his good pleasure. One more time. He works in me to will, to act for his good pleasure. And right now, just hold out your arms. We just say, Holy Spirit, Come and do this, Lord. Come and do this in our lives right now. We invite right now in these first weeks of 2021. Lord, bring your desires into us. Bring your energy into us, Lord. Stir us even in a physical way, Lord, to rise up that our voices may open up and speak your design and desire for the day. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. All right. So there we are. That it's, it's, He's working in us to change our desires and our will in order that we might act energized moving forward into our community what for his good pleasure it brings pleasure to Jesus when you do it look at this verse 14 do everything oh boy it's getting personal now do everything without grumbling I don't want to hear one grumble after that (laughs) without grumbling or arguing did you know here at this church we have that we have grumbling and arguing we just read the story of a pastor who left the church after, I don't know, 30 years or something like that, and he talked about it. It was one of the things he talked about. It's just all the stuff that just continues to rise within a church. I tell you, great fear will remove that. <laughs> you know, and we're in a moment right now of great fear. Fear, though, hath torment. And we have not been called to a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. We've got to get it together. So it says here, it says, do everything, do everything, do everything. What does everything mean? It means everything. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become. In other words, grumbling and arguing will keep you from what God's wanting you to do. You know what grumbling and arguing is? It's it's hellish prophecy. It's energized by hell itself. When you gossip, you complain, you grumble, you argue, you are, you are moving in the very spirit that is opposing the forces of love and hope in our country and around the world. It's a scary thing. When that gets into your mind, you're like, oh my gosh. It says, why? So what's the destiny? Verse 15, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked Generation, uh, We are in that. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. Woo! Bethel Cleveland, God's wanting to make you a constellation. A picture of shining stars. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a star. Still, <laughs> they may need to hear that. You are a star. Your destiny, Bethel Cleveland, your destiny is to be a star that shines in the heavens. That people look in the midst of darkness. Wait, let's go over there. Something shining over there. Who is that? That's Cindy Witch. She's a star shining in the heavens. So there's another one over here. Wait a minute. Back up a little bit. It's a picture. It's just like Facebook, isn't it? What do you see? Stare at this picture. The first five words you see are part of who you are. I'm strong. I have a destiny. 
I mean, it, 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 it makes people feel better. It's weird. It's just a little trick, but it makes people feel better. How about if we start, how about if people look out here in Brunswick and they see something and go, there's light, there's a light out there. Actually, there's a bunch of lights out there. Look at this ceiling. Maybe we should rearrange these lights up here so it makes a little picture of Jesus. What is the constellation? It's different for different churches, I believe. The constellation is a picture of the destiny, the direction, the purpose of a church. Why does a church exist? Someone asked our team, a coach guy, you know, asked our team recently, you know, if, if Bethel Cleveland ended tomorrow, would the city miss it at all? I hate when people ask those questions because they're too, too convicting, you know. It's like, well, what would they miss? I thought, well, we, we have amazing worship, I, I believe. I mean, there's, I, I love our worship band. I'm so thankful that God's brought musicians to us. I mean, they're, they're just they're lovely people. They're, you know, they're, they're submitting. They submit their gifts to the Lord, to one another. They, they're a tribe. I mean, at one point, we had like 80 people in our worship community pre-COVID. And so they're a great group of people, you know. They're, they're shining lights, you know. And so you look around our church and you say, well, what is it that they would miss? Worship? I mean, we really go after it. We love the presence of God here. It's our number one pursuit is the presence of Jesus in our midst and his great Holy Spirit. And if I leave on a Sunday and just feel like a good word was spoken, but the presence of God wasn't there, I am grieved. Cindy will tell you, I'm grieved. It doesn't matter how good I preach or how clear it might be. If the Holy Spirit doesn't come and affect lives, it's really not, it's not worth the time. Trust me. But boy, when the Holy Spirit comes, and I know this from 42 years of preaching, and he puts you on like a glove, and you feel the strong fist that has a velvet glove, but iron, it's an iron fist with the velvet glove, and it tears down strongholds in people's thinking, it starts to shape their lives, it plucks them out of the depths of sin and miry clay, and puts them on a rock to stay, when you speak with that kind of anointing that comes upon you, and by the way, I'm feeling it right now this morning, there's an anointing that is breaking yokes in people's hearts right now, and yokes are not egg yokes, yokes are bondages that are put upon your neck, and some of us are walking around like this, God wants to break that off, and give you the ability to walk free and be a shining star in the heavens but you're part of a picture a picture that God is painting I mean some churches let me just tell you what this church is this church is an eagle the stars there are stars out of here that make the picture of an eagle in this church collectively together individually we're great before God but I don't know what kind of impact we have but we come together people are able to read something when they see this and say that's a group of people that see stuff in the future and they discern individuals hearts that's, that's Bethel Cleveland I mean, we're a lion we roar we're bold we're crazy bold in some situations stupid bold <clears throat> We really are. And so some of those stars put together, you go, ah, I, see a, I see a lion. There's a lion that's emerging out there. It's because we're of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And God has raised us up. The righteous are as bold as a lion. We are, I tell you, I'm gonna stir this church until we're all comfortable with going out into the streets and speaking openly about Jesus Christ everywhere you go. 
We've got it happening right now all over our church. I get, I get Facebook stuff and notes and people tell me, I mean, there's some amazing experiences going on. But God's raising us all up. We're gonna be lions. That is our constellation. Eagles are constellation. Lions, I tell you too, we're, we're an ox. This is all biblical, right? Our revelation. We're an ox. We carry things, burdens. We carry intercession. We pray for people. We take their stuff and put upon us and cast it at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are workers. We are teamed up together with other people and we keep moving along. We tread the grapes. We tread the grain. We do whatever we need to do because we are workers for the kingdom of God. Not in some legalistic way. We are workers because of our great love for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ himself. Self. And finally, we're, we're mankind, men and women. We're smart. We have strategy. It's what separates uh, mankind from everything else. It's the clear strategy and the idea to make clear choices. Some animals do it to a degree, but nobody does it like mankind does. And God's also given that. That's part of the great constellation that's up there. That if we will yield ourselves and allow the energy of the Holy Spirit to come upon us, we will do some amazing things in God. And we will light up. You know, we're just, we're really concerned about ourselves and about those that are around us. We may even have no intention of doing this, but together, the greatest artist of all, Jesus Christ, is collectively drawing something over this church. As he says, this church, these people can transform a city if they get their act together. And so it's in our hearts now to be energized. It's in our hearts to realize I cannot do it on my stuff. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'll close with this because I'm running over here. In, uh, uh, um, in Matthew 3, <clears throat> Wow, yeah, I, you know, I gotta have to do this. I'm, I am, I'm gonna run a video this week with some details of what we're doing because I, I, I was gonna do it today and I decided yesterday not to do it because there's just a list of different things we're gonna do in 2021 that's attached to what I'm sharing right now. But I'll run a video that'll be on Bethel Cleveland's site this week and it'll, I'll unpack what's in my notes here a little deeper, but we can't do it in a 30, 40 minute period on Sunday morning. But I'll tell you this much. In Matthew 3, I believe this church has a John the Baptist anointing on it. I believe that we are forerunners. I believe that God's called us. You know, uh, let me just show you here in Scripture. It says in, in Matthew 3, 1 through 3, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. So we're wilderness people. We, we can survive there. We can actually th thrive there. We come out of the wilderness like John the Baptist, and we say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, this is he who spoke, who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, and this culminates, this culminates the very spirit and heart of who we are as a people, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. There's this passion that is gonna stir in our church that has always been there and at times it flares up and goes back down. There's a passion for the purposes of God. That's why we're all here. And so it's gonna be one crying. I mean, there's something, crying speaks of something that if you look at the Greek word here, it's a desperation cry. It's, it's like seeing multitudes of people going off a cliff just in, in mob-like fashion, not even knowing what's there. You have the ability to stop them, so the voice, your voice is, I pray for your voice 
that your voice will be sharpened, it'll be clear, and it'll be bold. And it says, prepare the way of the Lord. That speaks of the, 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 the ways of God. That we have, to, we, have to be a, we have to be a colony of heaven, Bethel Cleveland. That people can taste heaven, I was going to say when they're here, and they should, but not only when they're here, when they're with you. That they'll be able to taste heaven. There's something different about you. I don't know what it is about you. Well, you just say, I, I love the presence of the Lord. I'm a part of a local church. I'm a follower of Jesus. And they will go, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Well, that is it. Trust me, me, myself is not really great. But, but when you fill me up with the energy of the Holy Spirit, something amazing can happen as it can with you, you know. And so the ways of God, we need to study the ways of God and know the ways of God. It's the John the Baptist thing. And the final thing is make his path straight, which talks about efficiency. It talks about direction. It talks about holiness, all those kinds of things. I'm going to unpack these in the weeks to come. But I want to tell you, these three things exist right now. That a renewed passion is coming upon us, a renewed culture is coming upon us, and a renewed construct. Our new website is a part of a renewed construct. There's going to be a lot of renewed things that we do because we are girding up, we are not shrinking back. Let's all stand up if we could. Well, I'm going to stir it up. By the way, I love our our leadership that's emerging in this church. Uh, it's always being refreshed. It's people leave, people come. I so appreciate Jay and, and, uh, and Todd and Joel Reichland. Joel Reichland's shifting back to BSSM because we've got a new guy emerging in Middleburg, uh, Ryan Otto, and uh, we're taking a period of time to transition him in. He's new. Uh, you'll get to meet him and see he's a great guy, 35 years old, just... Uh, beautiful young man of God and we're excited about him you know and we've got uh, great worship people that are coming in and Allison who was here last week and is up in I think Middleburg today uh, of course uh, uh, Jay in worship and so many others Josh and Erica and it just goes on and on I mean what a, what a great group we've got I mean I don't know if you realize it or not we are really blessed really blessed we've got some preachers here I mean I've got a list of nine different preachers and others that are kind of alternatives that we're looking at. To merge, we, we, this next six years, my goal is to, is to bring about the body of Christ in a greater way. You know, less of me, more of what everyone, what's, what's emerging all over this church. And try to the best of our abilities, this is something we fight all the time, is remove any shackles, any restrictions, any holdbacks, and allow for a fuller freedom the presence of God to emerge. We'll talk more about this in the week, weeks ahead. But Lord, right now, I just bless this crowd. Lord, for being bold in a time of, of difficulty and fear and challenge. To be bold, to follow you, follow hard after you, Lord, to desire your presence like never before. People, Lord God, that have a hunger for the word of God and a hunger for the fruit of the spirit to emerge in their lives, Lord. And I just bless them, Lord God, with a sense and a desire to continue to do just that and to not grow weary in well-doing for they will reap if they faint not. And we bless that. Jay, come on over. There may be some people here. You, this could be your day to give your heart fully to Jesus Christ. Jay's going to lead you in that and then some ministry time. Please stay around just a few more minutes. Thank you. Amen. Mm.
It is so good, isn't it, to hear about who we are in God, who we are in Jesus, and who we are as a body. Amen? Amen. If you're standing in this room today or watching at home online and you have not given your heart to Jesus, or if you were to be honest with yourself this morning that your connection with him is a question mark, that there's a vagueness, there's a grayness, and you're not entirely sure that if you were to walk out these doors or, or, or not live another day, you're not sure what would happen if you stood before Jesus, if he would really know you. Don't you walk out these doors today or scroll <laughs> without the opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. This is a sacred moment. For somebody who's listening, this is the moment that your eternity is pivoting on, the hinge that's gonna change your life and your eternal destiny forever. So would you just close your eyes all over the room, point them up towards heaven. And if that's you, you've never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you have said a prayer in passing, but it's never had fruit. It's never had roots. It's always just been ritual. But today there is a pounding in your chest and there is a feeling that there is shift and change in the horizon of your life. Or maybe it's been a long time. You've been going through the motions of religion, saying the right things, trying to do the right things, but not really living it, not seeing the fruit in your life. And there's a question mark. If that's you today, would you just raise your right hand as an act activation that I want to give my heart to Jesus. Hands going up all over the room. You're sitting at home doing it too. Put your hands up too. No, I just had a picture of God invading someone. You were just sitting at your kitchen table. You had a cup of coffee in front of you and you looked up and you raised your hand. And all of a sudden the presence of God swirled and filled the room. It's because you're called. It's because God has a destiny over your life. It's because there's a word burning in your bones that he's calling out of you. No more complacency. There's a fire about to release in, be released in your life where, where your dreams about what God could do were dead. He's calling them up out of the ground this morning. Hallelujah. I know that there's hands all over the room. Just agree with me in prayer. You don't have to say it out loud, but you can if you want. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I believe that when Jesus died, it satisfied the cost of sin. So I surrender my life exactly as I am right here in this moment. I believe in you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I think we have a, a screen that we can put up there. If you've given your heart to Jesus, that you can text us. We would love to pray and minister with you. But um, can, we, can we lift up a shout of praise for the people in the room today who gave their heart to Jesus? That's incredible. This is, what we, this is why we exist. This is why we do what we do. It says in the word that when somebody gives their heart to Jesus, that heaven erupts in a party every time. To us, it's just a quiet hand raise. To us, it's just a, a 
moment of saying, I want to give my heart to Jesus in the middle of a crowd, but to heaven, it is erupting with praise and celebration because what the Lamb of God was sacrificed for before the foundations of the earth has reaped his reward in that heart. Because what does God have? What, what doesn't he have already? He's created everything. He owns everything. What can we give him other than our hearts today? Amen. It is, his presence is here. Is it okay if I read this scripture over you really quickly? I really kind of got impressed in my heart when Pastor Steve was talking. It's Isaiah 60, and I want you to receive it in a way that it's being spoken over you, okay? It says, rise up in splendor and be radiant. For your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth, and thick gloom covers the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you. And the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light and kings to the sunrise, glory of your new day. Lift up your eyes higher. Look around you and believe for your sons are returning from far away and your daughters are being tenderly carried home. Watch as they all gather together, eager to come back to you. Can you lift up a shout of praise today in this room? Come on, we speak that over you. Rise up, rise up in splendor and be radiant for your light has dawned. Bethel Cleveland, in the name of Jesus, we bless you to rise up in your splendor and be radiant. That the presence of God, who you are, wouldn't just settle in your heart this morning in this church building and amongst people who believe, but that when you walk out, that you would be a literal torch. That everyone around you would sense and see and feel and taste and touch the fragrance and presence of Jesus. That it would be so palpable that people would begin confessing their sins to you and asking how they can be made right with God because of the authority, because of the calling and destiny that's birthed in your heart that no man, no discouragement, no disappointment could ever take. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen.